Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, episode number 34, with Reverend Dan Gangler from the Reconciling Ministries Network. Tired of waiting, 40 years of waiting to have so, some relief. This is Dave Powell, pastor at Edwardsville United Methodist Church, and you are connected to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. Thank you for Welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist Podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist Churches in Indiana. And now, here's Brad. Hello again, good people, and this is the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, that's me. I'm your host for the podcast where it is our purpose, our mission to strengthen the connection in the United Methodist Church in the state of Indiana to live out our overall mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. A part of our a part of what we are about in our United Methodist Church is we are people of, of two books. Our primary book, of course, is the Bible. But our book of rules and regulations is the book of discipline. The regulation and the discipline regarding the uh, clergy may not marry uh, people of the, same, of the same gender, even though perhaps uh, state regulations and uh, other laws may allow it. This is something we're dealing with in our church. We all know it. And it's something that we are going to be talking about from time to time here at the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, because it's something that impacts our church. And every clergy person and every church has to uh, to deal with this on one level or another. Indeed, in the general church, there is a special called uh, General Conference in 2019, and this will be the, the primary uh, issue at hand there. And there are many uh, folks who are having discussions, and many camps are being set up uh, in order to respond to this issue. And there are those who think perhaps the church will have a schism. And there are those who are looking for healing and wholeness. What we're calling this is the way forward, uh, many of the advocates here. But among those who are various advocate groups that are out there is a group called the Reconciling Ministries Network. Reverend Dan Gangler is the corresponding secretary of the Reconciling Ministries Network in the state of Indiana. And the Reconciliation Ministry Network is uh, is an advocacy group for um, uh, gay and lesbian uh, clergy and persons, and also advocates for changing uh, language and the discipline to be uh, more inclusive of uh, of people with uh, uh, same sex sexual preferences, and also including language regarding uh, ordination of homosexual persons and the ability of uh, of clergy to perform marriages of same-sex persons. Uh, Dan comes to us with a lot of experience. He is formerly the uh, communications director for the state of Indiana and involved. Many people know him in that in that regard. He's been retired for a few years now. He is certainly a good spokesman for this issue. In the future editions of the Hoosier United Methodist podcast, we'll certainly be talking from people from the confessing movements and other aspects of the church, including uh, some of our bishops in order to respond to this way forward. 
But I know that you were going to be uh, open and honest and forthright with one another <clears throat> and be good listeners as we seek uh, to approach this whole uh, issue with grace and love and care and concern uh, one for another. Uh, in our Who's United Methodist podcast, if uh, we are here to be a voice to strengthen the connection, and I believe one of the ways we can strengthen the connection is by sharing and listening to all sides of an issue. So today, our special guest on the Who's United Methodist podcast, Reverend Dan Gangland. Let's get into the interview right now. Reverend Dan Gangland, who comes to us as the uh, corresponding secretary of Reconciling Ministries of Indiana, involved with the Reconciling Ministries uh, Network of Churches and retired pastor and uh, formerly served Indiana in a communications uh, director of communications. Dan, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, one, one of the things I like to do when we come together in this podcast is just to get a little bit about your history, your faith history, you know, how you came to know Christ in the first place and how you ended up in the in the church, serving serving the, serving the, the church. Okay. I, I grew up in a fundamentalist Bible church, but left it during the civil rights movement in 1968 very much left the, the Sunday after Martin Luther King was assassinated wow. and looking for a congregation, looking for something that really would uh, accept uh, the civil rights movement and founded in the United Methodist Church and an invitation by another fellow teacher. And, uh, and about how old were you then? This was high school age? Oh no, I was in my 20s. Okay. I was a senior year at Illinois State University in mm -hmm. Peoria, Illinois, is where I grew up. Right. And then uh, became in a United Methodist and worshiped at Epworth United Methodist Church in Peoria and kept asking questions of the pastor. And he finally said, why don't you go to seminary? This is after about three years. Right. Um, and so I decided to, to go to seminary. In, took my retirement fund money from teaching, and that's what I used as a financial base to enroll at Evangelical Theological Seminary in Naperville, Illinois. All right, one of in the... In 1971, yeah. and now as part of Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary, which is located in Evanston. Very good. I'm an alumni um, of that institution. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to work in church communication. That was my goal. Right. Uh, finally had an appointment in the Nebraska conference after working in an advertising agency in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I applied for a job for director of communication in the Nebraska conference. They said, you know, you've got the credentials to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, why don't you do that? We need pastors right now. We're short 14. So uh, I went from being a lay person to then a, a deacon in the church in six weeks and was appointed wow. then to a pastor of three rural churches just outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. I spent eight years in pastoral ministry and Wonderful. finally uh, became the director of communication for the Nebraska Conference and served there um, for 11 years. In, then I went on to Dallas, Texas for five years, being a uh, managing editor of United Methodist Reporter. 
so you were able to get into the communications field then? I would and, be able to get in the communications field, and I came to Indianapolis as managing editor of the Disciple Magazine. Okay. Connected to the Disciples of Christ Church. Right, which is based here in Indianapolis. Uh, but that job only lasted about 18 months. They decided to close the magazine off. Well, I, that's a fine thing to happen, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I spent a, another year working with their finance as director of communications for their finance wing. And then the job opened up here as director of communication for the Indiana Conference. Well, at that time, it was the Indiana area. Right, so right. We had both North and South conferences, but one publication between the two and you you serve the uh, serve the church in that capacity for several years right and then three years ago retired yeah very good very so good I've been working with different organizations and groups and one I've been working intensely with is reconciling ministries network of Indiana very good well that kind of brings us to what we really uh, part of what we want to talk about here today is the reconciling Reconciling mm -hmm. Ministries Network. Um, for those who may not be familiar with what the Reconciling uh, Ministries Network is and what it means and what it stands for, just give us a little bit of understanding of the mission, the goals, the, okay. the, the target audience of the, of the Reconciling Ministries. Okay, fair. we are all United Methodists in this organization in part and parcel of the Indiana Conference. Uh, either as lay or clergy people. Uh, we don't exactly have a, a membership list, but people that follow along with this movement. Uh, right now it's based on the words, all means all. Uh, we believe that all United Methodists, including gays, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and questioning, People are welcomed in the life of the church. They can be members of the United Methodist Church, but once they get into membership, then they see they're barred in some ways, and they don't have equality. Uh, none of uh, our gay and lesbian friends in the church that are members of the United Methodist Church can ever be ordained. And so we're- Which, of course, is one of the major issues we deal with in the church, this whole issue right. of ordination. And also, we think, the terminology that's used that homosexuality is incompatible with Christian faith is very harmful mm -hmm. to a whole segment of members in the church. So you're, you're kind of speaking to an issue of what, what you understand or what I'm interpreting you're saying is that there are some exclusionary practices or exclusionary understandings in the church and you're uh, and you're trying to speak against that. Is that what I'm understanding? Right. And we're speaking against Really, we're speaking for okay. a group of individuals that do not receive equal rights in membership within the church. Okay. So this is an advocacy program, in, mm -hmm. in my understanding. What are some of the practical ways that churches or individual United Methodists are involved with this? What are some of the things that they are, are doing, either on local church level or perhaps on conference and general church level? We have what we call uh, reconciling congregations. And there's only about a dozen of those in Indiana compared to about 1,100 churches. Uh, but those dozen churches are open and affirming to all people coming into that congregation. So they become a place that gays and lesbians really feel welcomed as part of the parcel of the church. Are some of these churches somehow making that a part of their um, uh, 
do they promote that in some way, make that known, reconciling, reconciling uh, Many of them will put a rainbow outside their church with I a see. sign that we are reconciling congregation, okay. which for the gay community means that's a safe place to be. Because uh, other denominational churches have the same type of rainbow signs in front of their churches saying that they are open. So it becomes a safe harbor. Mm -hmm. uh, for gays and lesbians within Indiana. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, tell me, um, this is, you know, an area of the life of the church where there's just a lot of conversation and, you know, a lot of processes going on. We have a, uh, uh, many uh, factions in the church over this issue, and it's a, a source of some division, some thinking. How, how do you think that being part of a reconciling network of churches, what kind of message and what kind of, um, uh, what do you want to share with uh, the church as a whole and, and how we can move forward? You know, one of the language we use in our church now is to find a way forward. What are some of the things mm -hmm. that the reconciling uh, network can do to help heal rifts or to move forward to some, some way here? Theologically, conservative members of the United Methodist Church uh, say that homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching. And we challenge that. We didn't have that statement until 1972. And it seemed like a harmful, barring statement that Reconciling Ministries Network is trying over the years, now 40 years, trying to get rid of just that harmful language. Uh, also, to pastors now that that you talk about harmful, harmful language in the disciplines, which in the about. discipline right. of the church, uh, church law. Mm -hmm. um, pastors also are barred from marrying any same gender people, um, so so they can't do weddings uh, for gay and lesbian couples, and we feel that by doing a wedding they can lose their credentials. And of course, this is a very, the very issue that's been challenged in several circumstances. And mm -hmm. uh, I know that the Reconciling Networks had something to say about that in those circumstances. Right, and we feel that that's an unjust way of treating, especially now that marriage uh, between two people of the same gender is the law of the land. So you can get a marriage license but no United Methodist pastor is by discipline allowed to perform that wedding. So I'm hearing you say there is an in incongruent practice here compared to the law of the land. Correct. Okay. So we're trying, why can't we do away with that? Well, then to come back, well, marriage is between one man and one woman. And that's why we can't, and that's biblical. You go back to Bible, you see all types of marriages. You don't see any in Scripture homosexual marriage or same way I'd rather call same gender marriages. But the principle of love and commitment is there, uh, and two are united together in a wedding ceremony to be one, uh, and that's a spiritual union. It doesn't have to be physical union, but it's a spiritual union. That's why you're coming to the church to do this. Uh, 
And so that's what we're advocating for is an openness. Now that means changing the church discipline. Uh, and that's where right now the uh, entanglement is, the challenges are, um, and why we're where we are in the United Methodist Church, yeah. looking at a possible schism of the church. And we said it's not, we don't want church division like that. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, many of our group uh, say, you know, because the discipline says that, we don't think it's valid anymore we're tired of waiting 40 years of waiting right. to and have so, some relief and that issue of valid or invalid is part of the crux of the matter uh, in terms of uh, the different groups that are coming to play here and we're mm -hmm. looking in 2019 of a another called uh, conference general conference that will be a large part about this issue what mm -hmm. are you doing in the reconciling uh, uh, movement to be a direct advocate in particular circumstances, say where there, uh, where a, uh, a same-sex marriage has been performed or a union of some sort, are you doing anything to be supportive or to speak to the actual clergy involved or the people involved or the conference structure or even, you know, supportive or even legal help or anything along that line? Right, we become advocates for some of those pastors and we also become advocates of those pastors who are gay and lesbian and are living in the shadows. Mm -hmm. uh, they know we are here to assist them, to help them. If they need us to help them with dialogue with the annual conference, we're here to do that. Uh, we're an advocacy all the way. So I assume that you've had particular circumstances where this, is, this has happened, where people have been supported and, and, uh, and, you, and your network has been part of that. I'd like to hear a a good news story. What I mean by that is uh, let's hear a story about how the network has been helpful in a very, you know, pertinent way, mm -hmm. either to an individual clergy or some situation to a church. Uh, I'd like to hear a story about something that's happened where you've seen something good happen. Well, I see it even if here at the annual conference having a booth and the number of lay and clergy people would come up and say, we are glad you're here. We're glad for this advocacy because it's a, a lonely world out there uh, when you believe in the same things uh, but live in a community that believes opposite. Mm -hmm. um, so we are, are affirming pastors, we are affirming laity, uh, especially laity that have gay members in their, um, in their congregation. They have gay relatives and that, Which is virtually every congregation, every family, whether it's right. expressed or not. We're looking at any congregation, uh, statistically, 3 to 5 percent, as many as 5 percent. In middle America here, mm -hmm. uh, we'll have gay people in that congregation. Right. Whether it's expressed openly or not, right? Right, whether expressed openly or not. That's they, the, the gays and lesbians are part of our society. Sure, sure. And in, in most... In most American cities, that's only a minimum of one, two, maybe three percent. Mm -hmm. Some five. Washington D.C. holds the record at ten percent. Okay. Uh, but they're here. We need to minister to them. They, they have committed marriages. They have committed relationships that we cannot deny. Uh, they're based on love. They're based on fidelity. 
they're they're based on trust and the church is saying no mm -hmm. yeah say in some ways the church is saying no and yet our uh, mission statement as a church is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world great and what I'd like to hear from you is how is reckon how, how are we doing overall on that just your take on that you know how are we accomplishing our mission and how is what the reconciling ministries is about uh, helping to move us forward in, in accomplishing that mission I think the word is inclusion and the church wants to include they want to collude millennials that make up a great deal of what we call the nuns mm -hmm. of society today those who have no relationship with any religion uh, but the inclusion of gays and lesbians in the life of the church they're part of the life of this society uh, we accept almost you know we racially we accept people we accept people in so many ways but for some reason this way no uh, then they point back to some scriptures and selected readings of scriptures and saying, see, it bars homosexuality. And we look at that. I look at it personally and said, no, it doesn't bar homosexuality. It bars promiscuity. Mm. So because those passages of scripture, especially in Leviticus and Romans, deal with promiscuity. They don't deal with relationships. They're dealing with sexual conduct that's devoid of any kind of relationship. Well, we all disagree with that as right. in the church, even heterosexual, uh, we disagree with that. Why can't we disagree with the same intensity uh, in homosexual relationships that are, are promiscuous? And that's what scripture is speaking to. It, so I'm hearing you say that um this speak, for instance, this this speaks to some of the uh, some of this passage we have about um, uh, integrity and celibacy and uh, or celibacy and singleness and then uh, also uh, you know, faithfulness in marriage and right. things like this. So that's what you're speaking to, trying to understand the distinction between promiscuity and homosexual behavior, mm -hmm. for instance. The gays and lesbians that I know in this conference and I'm related to. Uh, that are in relationships are in committed relationships. They're not bed hoppers. Uh, they are in committed relationships and statistically we find out that homosexual marriages have a better track record when it comes to divorce than heterosexual marriages. Okay. And the church has a lot to say about divorce sure. and adultery, etc. But they, you, you go to scriptures, you don't find that uh, about homosexuality the singleness is, is, is there. Right. Of course, on the scripture issues, that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of folks would take issue with that and just develop a different take on the scriptures than what mm -hmm. you're sharing here, and, and that's part of the matter that we're, we're dealing with. In terms of, of, uh, of the church reaching out to unchurched people who may be in the uh, lesbian, gay, and other situations that you speak to, how can the church uh, be more inclusive here in uh, moving forward and to, to reaching more folks. Well, we, we have a resolution before the annual conference this year that deals with uh, teen suicide, especially the high rate of teen suicide among gay and lesbian teens. Uh, that rate is two to four times the rate of regular heterosexual teens. 
And Indiana... That's an amazing that tragedy in and, of, in and of itself, isn't it? Right. In Indiana, we're looking at one out of five teenagers today in Indiana is considering suicide. Now, mm. we need to be in an intervention mode to help prevent those suicides. And we're finding that... That, you know, that many people, you translate it into, a, let's say, a high school of, you know, a thousand people. That's two or three people, right? Or right, more you're dealing with a large and, population. And what I'm getting at is that, you know, that should be a red alert, crisis, crisis mm -hmm. management type of thing. But in Indiana, because of its culture, um, there are not a whole lot of schools that deal with the issue of suicide. Mm. And even the media in Indiana are awakening Indiana people to awareness that teen suicide is, is the second largest... Um, the second largest reason uh, teenagers die. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we, it's a serious, and that's why the, um, the so CDC is interested in it as a health issue. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, what we're. We've got a resolution now before the annual conference that the annual conference is considering today uh, to pass a resolution, just inviting churches to be more mindful of teens and teen suicide and what we're doing for the prevention of teen suicide in our communities. If you're a church, uh, have you spoken with your high school? Have you spoken with your health departments? Have you spoken with city employees? And are you aware of any programs to deal with teen suicide and its prevention? Very good. Well, let's... Um, um, I'd like for you to speak just for a minute, Dan, to that person or that church who may be listening to our conversation who's dealing with this issue and struggling with it, mm -hmm. you know, who have something that's happened in their congregation or, the, or their family where uh, a, a person has come out as gay or someone has emerged in the staff of a church, for instance, or something like this, where this issue's coming out. What are some uh, words you could share about uh, how we can move forward and deal with this in a local church? Love it. I think one is don't be fearful. We hear sometimes, I hear the, the, the terminology, the gay agenda. I have been working on this issue intensely for three years, and I don't see any quote-unquote gay agenda. The gay people in this country aren't here to take it over. They're very small minority people uh, across the nation, maybe 3, 3%, 5%, somewhere in there. Um, so they're not, don't be fearful of gay people. Um, the gay people I know are loving and trusting. Uh, they have a deep commitment to the Christian faith if they are in the United Methodist Church and really want to see their church more open, more accepting of them. So you know, do you have a, a Sunday school class? Do you have a, a, a group in your church to minister especially? to gay and lesbian people. That's a, that's a big step forward, but very important step forward in uh, the whole evangelization and growth of the church. Have you seen such groups being formed in some of the churches? We have a very small group now, but we, working here at the convention hall uh, in the annual conference session, we have more and more pastors coming to us and saying, I think our, it's about time for our church to become a reconciling congregation. Yeah. 
and yet there's we this is an area with a lot of work to do isn't it and uh, this is an area that potentially could be a point of real contention and schism and we have a lot of work moving forward and so I I just want to think uh, ask you what uh, we talked about there about the church for a second but what would be your message to that person that gay or lesbian person about relating to the church or what would be a sign of hope for them moving forward I think being a sign of hope is looking for those congregations that are United Methodists that do display that rainbow that are um, reconciling congregations because you will be welcomed there. Yeah. Because the reality is they may not have always had a welcoming experience either in the church or in some other mm -hmm. setting. So, yeah. Well good, it's been great to talk to you today. Dan, I just ask one more question to the folks. And just, uh, it's kind of in a personal nature, a little bit learn about you, but if, uh, if I was going to come to your house for, for dinner, what are we going to have for dinner and who, are we, who else is going to be there to have a good time with and what are we going to do? What's an activity we might do after dinner? I think the, the activity after dinner, well, the, the dinner first, it might be frozen lasagna. All right, very good. Uh, but afterwards, it's just conversation of getting to know uh, you, getting to know about what you're doing, what you're about. We'll, we'll share who we are. And share, share good conversation. Share good conversation. And My frozen, wife and I would be very welcome to, yeah. to have you come. Very good. And frozen lasagna, too. There we go. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, Dan, if folks need to want to be in touch with Reconciling Network, uh, how can they do that? Or uh, what's a connection point that they could make? Okay, rmindiana.org. Uh, rmindiana.org. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll make that connection. We'll put that in our show notes as well. Our guest today on the podcast has been Dan Gangler, who is the coordinating uh, corresponding secretary of the Reconciling Network of Indiana. Many thanks to our guest today on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, Reverend Dan Gangler, the uh, corresponding secretary of the Reconciling Ministries Network an advocacy group for uh, gay, lesbian, uh, transgender clergy and for changes in the Book of Discipline that would be uh, more accommodating, more inclusive in their uh, way of thinking towards um, ordination of, same, uh, of, of homosexual persons and of also of uh, language regarding the capabilities or the uh, ability of United Methodist clergy to perform uh, weddings of same-sex uh, unions. A lot of things to chew on here, a lot of things to consider. And I, I love that our church is having a forthright discussion right now. No one really knows how this is going to turn out. You know, we have a big, uh, big conference in a couple of years in 2019. And in between now and then, there's going to be a lot of things said and done. And I'm really hopeful that we can all approach this with love and kindness and care and concern and to glorify and even in the midst of uh, distinct differences, to continue to uh, glorify Christ and to put uh, uh, people and care for people in this whole process. So I just want to share that with you here today. If you enjoy what you're hearing on the Hoosier United Methodist podcast, please let us know. You can go to our, uh, our website, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com. That's where you can hear all the, the uh, back issues of the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. You can make a, make a connection to, uh, with us on our Facebook page as well. That is facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. One of the things you can really do to be helpful to us is to go to iTunes 
and share this with your friends. Go to iTunes and look us up, Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, and please uh, subscribe and rate and review. We really appreciate that. Well, that's about going to do it for this episode, episode number 34 of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. It's been a pleasure to be with you as we continue our journey together as a United Methodist uh, churches and clergy in the state of Indiana with our purpose to strengthen the connection in our church, to live out our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Until next time, I leave you with the words of John Wesley. To do all the good you can. Goodbye, good people. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world.